Listener Production. Quick heads up, there are some swear words in this episode. Living in a world of deception and lies is frustrating at times. I'm sorry. Okay, where are we and where are we going and what are we going to do? I've uh, just arrived in Adelaide, just got off the plane and I picked up my hire car. I'm about to leave the neat and tidy city of Adelaide because I'm driving into the desert to visit a town that was built as a secret defence facility during the Cold War and a whole lot of crazy stuff went on there. I've got a long drive ahead of me, so I've dragged my producer Jake along for the ride. Any more about Woomera before, like, what you know before you go in? What I know about Woomera is that it was built by the Australian government in the late 40s at the um, request of the British government because they wanted a place to test their rockets. Um, The Americans got involved. Australia at the time was gripped by fear of the Soviet Union. And this was Australia's attempt to contribute to the West's effort to defend against the so-called evil threat of the Soviet Union. In episode two, I was told that the KGB sent some of their best spies to Australia to recruit a mole in the Australian spy agency, ASIO. To be honest... I wondered why. I mean, Australia is lovely. The beaches, the opera house, koalas. But it's a small population on a huge island thousands of kilometres away from the Soviet Union. I heard the answer to this question might be in Woomera. I've been trying to get in contact with people from the town, people that will help me learn a little bit about what went on there and why it was of such interest to the Soviet Union. Um, I have been pretty much completely stonewalled. It seems like every email I send is forwarded to someone from the Australian Defence Force and they have not replied. So I am kind of showing up and just trying to see what happens see if anyone, when I get there on the ground, will speak to me. This is Secrets We Keep, Nest of Traitors. So there's just one really, really, really long, straight road We've hardly seen any other cars and it's just surrounded by, as far as the eye can see, shrubs with red rock, the red earth jutting through it. The landscape has become extremely flat, extremely red. Like, I can't imagine ever, like, I can't think of another time where I've been able to see this far into the distance. Drowsy drivers die. Oh, wait, sorry, I thought that was like the name of the road or something. (laughs) A couple of kilometres out of Woomera, we reach a sign. 
This is no welcome to Woomera sign. Instead, in big red letters, it says Woomera prohibited area. We're allowed to visit the town of Woomera. However, the sign makes it clear that the surrounding desert is off limits. We're not allowed to leave the highway. I'm turning now into Woomera. You can already see. Meters turn right onto Barry Street. You can already see that it's entirely a defence town. I'm reading a sign on the side of the road here. It says RAAF Woomera Test Range. Welcome to the world's largest test and evaluation range. It looks like that sign has been there for quite a while. The sun's setting. We drive past two missiles. They're out of use, displayed on either side of the road. Kind of, it feels kind of abandoned. Look at those missiles, I don't know. It's so weird. It's so weird, right? Yeah. There's just military stuff everywhere. There aren't many places to stay in Woomera. There's a hotel and a holiday park. We choose the hotel. Arrive at the destination. All right, well, let's go. Let's go check in. Yeah. As we're checking in, I tell the woman behind the desk I'm a journalist and I've been trying to find someone to talk to about Woomera. She's not sure of anyone I can speak to. I'm getting worried that the six hour drive might have been for nothing. Instead, she hands me a folder with some information about the history of Woomera. So we head to the pub, order a burger and a beer, and start reading. Okay, history of Woomera. I, I don't know who wrote this, but let's have a look. From the beginning of the Cold War in the late 1940s, both the West and the Soviet Union were doing everything they could to make sure their weapons were more destructive than the other side. Australia was pulled into this arms race when the UK was looking for a place to test weapons that they could use against the Soviet Union if nuclear war broke out. Choices were England, but that was too small and overpopulated. Canada, whose land was large enough but was often under snow and was too cold and wet for land recovery, so that's for them to recover the weapons. After they had fired them, they were going to get buried in snow. That's what brought the UK to the Australian desert. It felt to them like the middle of nowhere, so they could do their tests in secret. Which was perfect as most of the population is found around the coast. The centre had a low population, which made it ideal for security reasons. In 1947, more than a quarter of the state of South Australia, an area larger than the UK, was chosen as the Woomera prohibited area. It's shrunk since then, but it's still the biggest land-based weapons testing range in the West. This completely ignored the First Nations people who'd been the custodians of this area for tens of thousands of years. The biggest are the Maralinga Jaritja and the Anangu Pijinjara Yunkanjara nations. Indigenous communities that had lived for thousands of years in some parts of the Woomera prohibited area 
were forced from their homes and relocated by military officials into new camps and settlements. On the southeast tip of the Woomera prohibited area is Woomera Village, where we are now. Woomera Village created in the middle of the desert from nothing. This is a town that few people see. Woomera is isolated, 300 miles from Adelaide in the middle of the desert. But it's a comfortable, thriving town nevertheless. This part is talking about the Woomera Village. The first homes built in Woomera were ex-army and air force corrugated iron huts covered into comfortable two and three bedroom houses. Mm, A temporary theatre was built with the entrance fee being two shillings for adults and six pence for children. Films were shown three times a week. The post office is modern and although water is a valuable commodity, there's enough to water the town's 28,000 trees. You can buy anything in the shops except fish and chips. Woomera had a hospital, a public swimming pool, tennis courts, basketball courts, three churches and three schools. Sounds like a lovely spot. But you couldn't just rock up for a day trip and jump in the swimming pool. Woomera was off limits. Only scientists and soldiers sent here from around the world were allowed in to test weapons. If they got permission, their families were also allowed to come. And because many of the parents were rocket scientists, it wasn't unusual for students in Woomera to have the best grades in the state. And what is it that you don't like about living at Woomera? The only thing that I don't like is the children who throw glass and butters around. Nothing helps. The thing that my mama doesn't like is the flowers. Woomera, rocket range town, is really going ahead. And maybe before long, they will have those fish and chips. The next morning, we wake up early to explore Woomera Village. I'm determined to find someone to talk to. We grab breakfast at the only cafe in town. There's a TV screen showing the milkshake of the month. And I think it might have been an accident, but the words internal confidential are written in red text at the bottom left corner. I'll tell you, the flavor is cookies and cream. I buy a Woomera baseball cap from a souvenir stand. I thought it might give off more of a curious tourist vibe rather than a journalist hunts state secrets. We then head to the middle of town to check out the outdoor rocket park. It's unmissable. There's more than 20 bombs, rockets and missiles. Some of them have been retrieved from where they landed far out in the middle of the desert, fixed up and put on display. There's a man cleaning one of the rockets. He says he's responsible for maintaining them. I tell him I'm making a podcast and want to learn about Woomera. He tells me I should go down to the defence office and ask for a man named Russell Squire. Apparently, he's the facilities manager, worked in Woomera for decades and knows the town back to front. I expect resistance, as I've had no luck lining up an interview with anyone from the Department of Defence, but maybe my hat will help win him over. Russell 
is friendly and is open to an interview. We sit down in a meeting room. There's a portrait of Queen Elizabeth hanging on the wall. It's a young Queen Elizabeth. Oh, wow. So probably from when the base was first set up. That's amazing. Yeah, because she was only, what, in her 20s then? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I came here first in 1969. I was a small child, came up here on an exchange with the Woomera Cub group. Our bus was stopped at the guard gate and, you know, everyone was checked. You came in, there was no photography. Uh, Yeah, it was very strict security. Everybody had background checks, all that kind of thing, yeah. It was pretty full on. But I can still remember that oh wow feeling that was inside me. Russell would go on to have a career in defence and his job eventually brought him back to Woomera. He was excited about it. He remembered the rockets from when he was a kid. Yeah, it would have been scary, I imagine, as a nine-year-old. At least I would have been. No, nine-year-olds are bulletproof. You're not scared. Woomera was a testing range for new types of weapons. Everything changed to missiles and rockets. Anti-aircraft missiles, anti-tank missiles, air-to-air missiles, air-to-ground. The enemy is destroyed by impact alone. But the bloodhounds, which are to play a major role in the air defence of Britain, will pack a still deadlier punch. This is such a big chunk of dirt out here, we could do a lot of stuff concurrently. Lorraine, is this exciting work? Yes, it's very exciting, especially when we track a missile. The bigger, the better. From here, I'm very close. That minus three seconds, I can hear the engines running. Just after zero, the missile comes out of the top of the launcher. It fills the whole frame and you can hear it roaring and it just looks beautiful. It wasn't just missiles. Nuclear bombs were also tested in the Woomera prohibited area. Men and planes wait out a sandstorm before making final preparations for the third British atomic bomb test. Between 1953 and 1957, nine atomic bombs were dropped in the Woomera prohibited area. Radiation detection devices are put in place as zero hour approaches and cameramen focus on the tower for the big blast. Nine months of construction work has been completed and now the electronic instruments in the control bunker tick off the seconds. There she goes. Following the now familiar blinding flash, the sinister mushroom rises. A successful test. Could you explain the relationship between Woomera and nuclear weapons testing? Well, yeah, it's a very tricky one because, um, of course, we had the trials at Maralinga. Maralinga is around nine hours' drive west of Woomera Village. Seven of the atomic bombs were tested there. I feel like Russell's a bit uncomfortable with my question. It was within the Woomera prohibited area, but it was never a part of what Woomera was about because Woomera was definitely about the rocket research, that side of things. Conveniently, part of the land was used for it. And I mean, it's on our turf, but yeah, it was never really part of Woomera as such, but a lot of stuff phased through here. 
How important do you think it would have been from the Soviet Union's perspective to know what was going on here? Oh, absolutely. Very useful because of that involvement with the British and the Americans. When you're learning about security and the do's and don'ts, they talk about putting pictures together like a jigsaw puzzle. One tiny piece of information that you might think is irrelevant helps add to that picture of what's going on. The missiles and the nuclear weapons being tested in the Woomera prohibited area had the capacity to kill hundreds of thousands of people. The Soviets wanted to know about these weapons, so they'd be able to defend themselves and counter them. Or better than that, steal the technology and make their own. If you dig right into it, it is the old, the sake of humanity was on the line, you know. Um, nobody ever got into a nuclear war because everybody had nuclear weapons. And it's that whole nuclear deterrent thing that, you know, i got a big stick and if you use yours, I'll use mine. But if you don't have a big stick, then the other guy's going to roll you. I've come to Woomera to try and find out why the KGB was so interested in Australia and why they'd sent some of their best spies to target ASIO and try to recruit moles. The KGB had a network of spies located all through the West. What about the threat of espionage? Oh, if you read the history of Woomera, uh, yeah, there's a lot of threat of espionage. The Reds Under the Bed was a big scare up here. Reds Under the Bed was a Cold War slogan, used to exhaustion. The idea behind it was that hidden within Western society were communists who were secretly loyal to the Soviet Union. It was a a serious problem back in the day. That's what the Cold War was all about. It wasn't a hot war. We weren't shooting at each other. It was all cold. It was all espionage and spying and trying to find out information. So that's why it's a Cold War. I don't know how successful the KGB were at getting information from Woomera. I could only find one case when someone was actually caught spying. It happened in 1958. Police discovered some documents stashed in a suitcase of a British serviceman working on projects at Woomera. The documents included information about one of the missiles being tested in the prohibited area. Police found out that he'd been passing documents to the Soviet Union via a Ukrainian man in Adelaide. ASIO sent in a team to investigate. Tellingly, the Ukrainian man was never found. It wasn't just the UK who was interested in the Woomera prohibited area. So were the Americans. I want to talk to Russell about one of these American projects. I've read that it was so threatening to the Soviets that it became a nuclear target. In other words, if nuclear war broke out, the Soviets would drop a nuke in the Australian desert. In 1967, about 15 minutes drive south of Woomera, America built what looks like giant golf balls at a facility they called Narunga. These golf balls are called radomes, and they communicated with US satellites to track missiles launched around the world, focusing on the Soviets. Narunga needed to be on this side of the world to monitor defense satellites. These are the satellites that are sitting up there watching to see when launches occur. 
So, you know, whenever the Russians launched a rocket, the Americans wanted to know about it and they could only monitor their side of the world from their tracking stations. So they needed one on this side of the world, which was Narunga. Narunga was decommissioned in the late 90s. They kept one of the giant golf balls, though. Oh, you can see it from the road as you're heading yeah. south towards Port Augusta, I don't know, maybe 10 k's south of town. As you're driving along, there's like a solar panel on a light post in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. When you get to that panel, look to your right and you'll see you see the top of the domes yeah, out of the old Narunga there. Yeah. Narunga was just one American spy facility in Australia. The most famous one is Pine Gap almost 11 hours drive north of Woomera. It's still operating today. These facilities help cement Australia's place in a global network of intelligence known as Five Eyes. That's the UK, the US, Australia, Canada, New Zealand. It was formed to intercept or steal data from the Soviet Union. Australia let the US and the UK test weapons and set up spy golf balls in the Woomera prohibited area. In return, Australia got a seat at the table and access to secrets from around the world. Jake and I decide we want to go check out Narunga and see if we can spot any golf balls. As we get to the turnoff, all we can see is a sign that says trespassers will be prosecuted. I look at the sign and the desert road, and just for a second, I think about going a bit further. Better judgment prevails, and by better judgment, I mean my producer, Jake. No unauthorised entry. Around this point, trespassers will be prosecuted. by order area administrator will Yeah, sorry, Joey, we're not doing that. <laughs> I repeat. Well, I've got to find somewhere to turn around. You can just UE here. Not really, I'm going to the bush. Then you can UE here, dude. I don't want to be fucking prosecuted. Just chill your horses. Uh, I'm a shield, but I'm... Oh, UE. It's probably like a fucking one thing. I'm going to drive off here. You can go a little bit. Disappointed, we head to a bar on the outskirts of Woomera Village. It's about the size of a shipping container, full of photos of missiles and a sign above the bar that says beer and bullshit area. I start looking at Google Maps on my phone, zooming in and out of Woomera, a dot surrounded by kilometres of red dirt. And then I notice that a few minutes' drive out of town is a cemetery, Woomera Cemetery, next to the highway. We finish our beers and drive to it. So I um, uh, drove up here and started looking around and it's a fenced off area on the side of the road built into a slope in the red dirt with a couple of trees when I went in there, like I just started to notice that so many of the tombstones were of really young kids or stillborn. Maybe, you know, there was not that many graves, but there was heaps of cases of a few months old babies. And um, 
it's pretty confronting. Are you okay? You know, I'm fine, but I just, I didn't expect that that's what was going to happen when I got here and, yeah, so. I did some research. I learned that some of the pilots involved in testing atomic bombs in the far reaches of Woomera prohibited area were stationed at Woomera Village. These pilots were instructed to fly through the mushroom clouds of the atomic bombs, in some instances without protective clothing. When they got back to Woomera, some pilots and air crew were found to be radioactively contaminated. Radiation had gotten into their clothes and onto their skin. I can't say for sure why there are so many babies buried in Woomera Cemetery. It's possible that the pilots could have carried the radiation with them and passed it on to their pregnant wives and children. Closer to the nuclear test sites, First Nations people and white pastoralists who were still using the land in the Woomera prohibited area were exposed to what they described as a black mist after the bombs were dropped. There were reports of these people experiencing vomiting, sore eyes, coughing, rashes and sores. There are stories about skin problems that were so severe that it looked like they'd rolled in fire. And other reports of deaths. I often find myself thinking about the Cold War as a bunch of spy games. This is a reminder that people's lives were caught up in the conflict. What's the legacy of Woomera during the Cold War? The legacy is that Woomera has continued, and I mean, a lot of people think, oh, Woomera stopped in the 1960s or something. When the last rocket was fired, the place closed down. But as you know, it's here. It's well and truly here. Our trials program is as busy as it's ever been in the 40-odd years I've worked here. There's a lot going on. But just like in the Cold War, there's a lot going on, but you're not going to find out about it until, you know, maybe 20, 30 years down the track when, you know, oh, you know that great, wonderful thing we've got? Well, we developed that in Woomera. 20 years ago. There's a lot that goes on out here and that whole secrecy thing is for a reason, you know? Like, we're trying to one-up the other guy, whoever that one other guy might be these days. Today, just like during the Cold War, the other guy is Russia. And Russia's back on the strategic radar. Uh, They're off off and on, obviously. What's going on in Ukraine is very pertinent to what, you know, we think about every day. But it's part of me not to tell you what it is or what it's about or anything, because do you need to know? You're talking about the Cold War, you don't need to know about what we're doing now. I've heard people refer to Russia's invasion of Ukraine as the Cold War reignited. Today, Australia is still part of Five Eyes. And Russell was telling me that Woomera was still very much active. Missiles and other weapons are still being tested here, and we don't know that much about them. It feels like the history I'm investigating is very much alive. We leave Woomera the next day, and I start thinking about how Australia was a much bigger player in the Cold War than I'd originally thought. 
I now knew that missiles and nuclear weapons were being tested in Australia in case a nuclear war broke out. This would have been a good reason for the KGB to send some of their best spies to try and learn what was going on in Australia and use Australia as a gateway to access secrets from countries like the US and the UK. If these were the stakes, I can see how the mole or moles could have done really bad damage, not just to Australia, but to its closest allies. ASIO has never had to publicly answer for any of this, and I was told about the possibility of intergenerational penetration. Dispersed across the Commonwealth. How can we be sure that there aren't any moles in ASIO today? I felt more determined than ever to find the traitors. What was going on inside ASIO during the Cold War? How did the spy agency let itself be infiltrated by the KGB? What drove at least one of ASIO's spies to turn and work for the enemy? They were commanded by a mob of ex-coppers, Cold War warriors and dickheads. That's next time on Secrets We Keep, Nest of Traitors. If you're enjoying The Mole Hunt, please leave a rating and review. I'd love to hear from you. It'd make my producer Jake feel much better about being dragged to the middle of the desert. Subscribe and follow Secrets We Keep to stay up to date. And if you want more Nest of Traders, check out our YouTube series, Nest of Traders Declassified, where we chat about the stuff that's in the series and go behind the scenes a bit as well. There's a YouTube video for every episode. Secrets We Keep, Nest of Traders is created and hosted by me, Joey Watson. Our supervising producer is Jake Morecambe, executive producer, Ellen Lee Beater. Sound design by Niall Fernandez. Bonnie Lavelle did the fact-checking and Matt Nikolich made the theme song. Melanie Withnell is head of news and information. Archive from the Australian Broadcasting Corporation Library Sales, British Parte, and the National Film and Sound Archive of Australia. This podcast episode was recorded on Gadigal, Kokatha, and Ghana land, and I'd like to pay my respects to elders past and present.